Wayland Baptist University and AM630 The Word are proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. And we're right here on KSLR AM 630, The Word. And I love my Bible. I love reading it. And every book that I read as I'm going through my devotionals, it becomes my favorite book. And right now I'm reading the book of Luke. And guess what? It is my favorite book. And, and truth be told, Luke is from the Gospels. It, it, is, it is my favorite. And let's, and let's see next week when I get to the next one uh, if Luke still is my favorite. But I'll keep you posted. Uh, now that I'm reading Luke, I'm in chapter 8, and I'm seeing all of the great stories of, of Jesus and the miracles and the things that he has done. And he, he raised uh, the young boy, and he fed the 5,000, and he delivered the man, uh, the demon-possessed man. And, uh, but where I'm reading today in, in chapter 8 is where there was a storm. A storm uh, in in the boat, and Jesus is asleep. You know the you know the story. They come and they wake him up, and and don't you care that we're gonna that we're gonna perish? And it's impressive. Jesus control and authority, and he takes control of the situation, and he rebukes uh, the the wind, and it reminds me of another storm. If I if I could, I don't, I don't think I've ever connected these two, but it reminds me of Jonah storm. And in, in the Old Testament storm, they threw Jonah off the, off the boat, and, and they were able to get their peace, and, and, and you know the rest of the story. But in this case, I think the disciples, instead of, they didn't have what they could have thrown, I think what they did throw off the, off the boat was their faith. Jesus wakes up, and he rebukes it, the storm, and then he asked them this question, where is your faith? I think the disciples, if they were truth, if they were telling the truth, they probably said, I threw it off the boat. I left it on, on the shore. I saw the miracle you did, but I didn't bring the faith that you taught us uh, with us. And today, that's the question I want to ask us today. The question that Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? We love to sing songs and to, and to celebrate when things are awesome and doing great. But when the storm hits and the winds blow and, and our life gets all crazy and our money starts acting funny and, and, and the car doesn't want to start all of a sudden and, and the kids, you get a call from the principal, uh, where, is, where is your faith then in the middle of the storm? And so that is, that is what I, I want us to consider today briefly. Where is your faith today? Are you having a good day? Are you having a bad day? Where is your faith? Bring your faith with you throughout the entire journey as we cross uh, from one side to the other. Let's, let's take our faith. Let's bring our faith with us every day. Amen. Don't leave your faith at home. And if you did, go back and get it. Well, I'm here in studio with a, with a great man, a gentleman that I've just met, and I can't wait to introduce him to you and to get to know him a little bit more. He's a young man. Uh, and uh, his, his name is, he's the pastor. Let's, let's start there. He's the pastor of Communion Christian Fellowship, and it's Pastor Darren Miller. Pastor Darren, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. 
All right. I want to introduce, I want to get to know you too, because we, we just met a few minutes ago. And uh, the devotionals you did that are airing earlier are were great, the Beatitudes. Love it. Cannot get enough of the Beatitudes. Uh, but tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you a San Antonian? Are you a PK? Uh, tell me a little bit about your, your history. Yeah, yeah. so uh, born in California, but I'm a Texan in heart. I've All right. been in Texas since I was four years old. Uh, raised in Kerrville, Texas, so just an hour northwest of San Antonio. Yeah. Love Kerrville. Been there my whole life. Um, not a preacher's kid. In fact, my, my dad ran with the Banditos All right. for 10 years. And uh, that was interesting, of course. <laughs> and so have a little bit of a, of a rougher life and background than most people would expect. Uh, we just moved. My, I'm married. My beautiful wife, Courtney. And as of April next year, we will be having our sixth boy. Um, wow. So next year, I'll be 30. We'll have been married for, t- for 10 years, and we'll have six boys. Um, so an abundant life, <laughs> to say the least. And I we have just, come to give you life and life, and life more, more abundantly. Abundant. <laughs> and so we just moved into uh, the San Antonio area in February, uh, as the Lord called us. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna touch on that calling, but um and and also the family the family situation. How old is your oldest? What are your ages then? Yeah, so ten, eight, six, four, almost two, and uh, in the belly. So <laughs> oh man, that is awesome. You are having so much fun. Oh yeah, that's that's one word for it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't envy you, but you are having <laughs> so much fun. Uh, Take a lot of pictures. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they grow up so fast. They do. They grow up so fast, so en- enjoy them. Uh, but now, about, about your, your history, your mm-hmm. testimony, your conversion moment. You didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home, but how was, how was that? How did God find you? Let's put it yeah. that way. How yeah. was that conversion? Well, you know, did I grow up in a Christian ho- home? I would say sort of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of. My, my mom was a believer um, strong faith in the Lord. Uh, maybe not a maybe not what I would call today, with my knowledge today, a strong walk, mm-hmm. but a strong faith for sure. With what she knew, uh, my father, you know, grew up in a Christian household, sort of as well. Even was planning on going to a Baptist university, but uh, hard life in in the L.A. area. Always been a rough guy, real rough guy. And uh, you know, he's he spent twenty years doing the prodigal son thing. Yeah, and so growing up. I mean, we, we came to Texas pretty poor, you know, all slept in the same room with a space heater, goosebump sheets on the windows, right? And um, my mom would take us to church, uh, but it was always kind of a, an in and out. It wasn't a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. There was no Bible in the house. We, there wasn't discipleship. I didn't know what discipleship was. But at four years old, uh, my mom says I was four. I would say, you know, four or five. I distinctly remember being in the pew, and I didn't want to do the goldfish and fruit snacks. So I'd go with my parents, and I'd draw on a pad or whatever, you know, a little drawing pad, and, and I would list, I'd hear the pastor preaching. And just one Sunday, it's the same message I heard all the time. Jesus came. He paid penalty for our sins, and we need to surrender our life and be baptized to have eternal life. And one Sunday, it was like the light bulb went on, yeah. and I knew that I knew that I knew that I believed that message, and I needed the Lord, I needed to be baptized. As a child. At four years old, I signed yes. myself up, uh, four or five, to be baptized. And I, the Holy Spirit has been in my life as long as I can remember. I don't actually know what it means to not know Jesus, mm-hmm. but I do know what it means to live lost. Because mm-hmm. I tell people, yeah, I was saved, but I wasn't a Christian. Right. Um, I wasn't following Jesus. And so, long story short, you know, I... 
went my own way, like we all do. I uh, started drinking and smoking in the fifth grade, started doing drugs and robbing houses in middle school. By the time I was 16, I had my own place, two cars. And in 2010, I was arrested on two felonies and seven misdemeanors. Wow. I was looking at a minimum of six years in prison. How old were you? I was 17 years old. They were going to enhance my charges to organize crime, call me a ringleader. I was going to be out of there, dude. And all of this while authentically believing in Jesus. And that's the crazy part, right? But the devil, the, the devil is so sneaky. I had no Christian influence. I, like I said, I didn't know the Bible. And so sitting in jail at 17 years old, looking at prison, I had to have this talk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Lord, like, I know the way I've been living is wrong. I've known that. There's, there's, I wanted to leave, but couldn't let go of my friends. It was that destructive cycle, right? Yeah. And I just had to tell Jesus, like, you know, I, I love you. I believe you. I would die for you. But when people say follow Jesus, I have no idea what that means. How do you follow someone you can't even see? Yeah. And so I cried out and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, pff, I'm guilty, man. What am I going to say? But if you'll get me out of this mess, all of these things I've been hanging on to, he'd been trying to, he'd been trying to, to he'd been calling me for years and I would, you know, two steps out, three steps in, right? I said, all these things I've been hanging on to, all these things I wouldn't let go of, if you'll save me from this, I'll give you everything, even my last breath. So long story short, I got out on bail. I was out on bail for five years, going back and forth to court. No pleas. I didn't write any paperwork, no statements. And all my charges were dismissed from court wow. by the glory and the mercy of God. I have zero convictions to this day on my record. But it was in that time mostly in fear and trembling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I began to cry out to the Lord in a way I never had before. I, I, I did. I let go of my relationships. I, I was alone for the first two years during this process. And I just started, Lord, I, I need you. I need you to teach me. If you don't show me what it means to, to follow you, how will I know? Right. You know? And at 19 years old, I did the most important thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And that was I made the decision as a 19-year-old school bus driver, by the way, I was working as a school bus driver and uh, a part-time mechanic, just, just married, met my wife during this time, and uh, I made the decision to read the Bible. Hmm. And I began to read through the book of Matthew. That's my favorite gospel. Okay. And completely, radically began to change my life. I realized I'd been in the church, in and out of the church my whole life. I'd done youth group and all that. I had never read most of what I was reading. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the Great Commission, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey all of my commandments, I was really humbled. And I said, Lord, like, can I even call myself a Christian? Like, I'm not discipling anybody. I've never been discipled. Right. I've never baptized somebody. I, I, I can't teach anybody your commandments. I don't even know them. <laughs> right? Yeah. And But there was this, this hunger and this thirst for righteousness that came from reading his word. And I cried. I began to every day read and pray and read and pray and read and pray. And my prayer was, Lord, I don't know how. I don't care how. But if you're willing to use me, please do. And I would pray before I read. Lord, I don't, I don't expect to understand what I'm about to read. Will you teach me? And it was like all those years of discipleship I should have got, he started to pour out and into my life. And I began to learn and to grow and to change, I think, at a, at a pretty amazing rate, mm-hmm. even from what I've seen in, in ministry. And I went from never reading the Bible in my life at 19 to being ordained a pastor at 22. Wow. And I pastored a church in Kerrville, co-pastored a church in Kerrville called uh, Friendship Bible Church for the last since 2014 um, until December of last year. 
um, in that time, God has been so good good to us. My wife got saved shortly after we got married. Um, very religious background. I've been across the world a couple times uh, for, for the sake of the gospel. I've been able to speak at conferences and churches. We've seen hundreds of people come to Christ just in Kerrville alone. Yeah. Um, young youth, high school kids, adults. We've planted home churches, created a, uh, my own organization called Faithful Fishers, uh, also a two-year Bible school that I've, I ended up writing all the curriculum for myself. And uh, God has just given us amazing experiences. That coming from a kid who was wearing black pants and T-shirts with chains and long hair, yeah. was never going to go to college, you know what I mean? <laughs> Rebellious. To, to having such a full and robust life, um, it, it's just I, I would have never asked for the blessings that God was trying to give me. Yeah. That's just how good he is. So in a nutshell, that's that's kind of where I've where I've come from and and you know, putting me sort of where I am today. Well I'm I wanna put you on the spot a little bit. Um because your 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 testimony is powerful. And um somebody listening today uh may be struggling and 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 they're having that that war within themselves and they know they know what they should be doing but they're not doing it. They know they know the love of God. They've heard of it. They maybe they were, you know, who knows, grew up in church and now they're out doing whatever. Or maybe it's a parent that that's praying for a child that they thought they would ra- they thought they raised them right and now he's out there or she's out there. What could you what could you tell them? How could you encourage them? Man, first of all, the scriptures say that even when we are faithless, mm. he is faithful yes. because he cannot deny himself. And I would say um, to the person struggling, we have to surrender. We cannot live our life with our desires, with our understanding, and add Jesus to it. That's a false, false faith. We have to strip the center of who we think we are and what our life is and make Jesus the core. We have to really cry out and confess your hurts, confess your fears, confess your sins. Tell him, I am weak and I need you. Here's the thing. If you could save yourself, if you could have made your life work, you would have already done it. Jesus is the only one who can change you, who can save you, who can guide you. But until we really start to cry out and cling to him, we're never going to see that change. And even beyond that, you know, Jesus says, hey, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. And long story short, whatever those things are that are keeping you bound, maybe it's that relationship that is you continue walking into sin. You're, you, it's abusive. It's whatever. Um, maybe it's that group of friends. Maybe it's that lifestyle choice that you're convicted of. But, oh, you know, you're making excuses for it. At some point. You have to choose who you're going to serve. And at some point, you have to surrender those things and let go. And if you're willing to trust Jesus with just that one thing, if you're willing to say, Jesus, I surrender this to you, please help me and just let go once, I guarantee you, he will come through so faithfully and so powerfully that you will choose to trust him again and again and again. And and to parents, you know, I've got, like I said, I've got five kids at the moment, sixth coming on the way. And um, kids are crazy, man. <laughs> But what I know to be true from Scripture and what I see all the time is we do not have the ability to change anyone. And right. kid, even kids, kids are going to be who they are. The most we can do is, A, pray and ask God to be merciful. And he is so eager to answer in his timing. But also 
um, if kids are still in your home, equip them. Don't 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 trust the youth pastor. Don't think going to church. No, teach them the scriptures. Teach them to pray. Let them see you praying. Yeah. They are not gonna just you know randomly have a greater faith than you. I mean, the Lord might do that down the road, but we need to be equipping our children. And I know my my mom was a woman of faith, and I picked up a lot of things from her. You know how to trust the Lord, how to tithe, but there was so much that, like I said, I in and out of church my whole life. Yeah, and I knew nothing about being a Christian. Right, And so we can trust God with our children. We can pray and know that even if we struggled or if we feel like we failed, God is not bound to our failure, first of all. But if children are in our house, we need to give them the best opportunity mm-hmm. to go forward in the spirit of Christ, even a better opportunity than we have. Right? right? Let's raise the bar. Amen. Amen. Uh, from where you're saying, I... I remember, let the weak say, I am strong. We, we, we kind of like want to get our act together and then come to God. Right. And that's not the point. No. <laughs> the point is right now in your broken state yes. is when God is calling you. Uh, and the only way you're going to get your act together is, is getting God involved. Right. Receiving Jesus, repenting from your sins. You know, the Bible says confess and believe, right? Mm-hmm. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus Christ is Lord, you you will be saved. And so maybe maybe before we end, I will I would love for you to say a prayer, sure. uh what we what we call the sinner's prayer and 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 be able to lead some listener to to Christ. Uh, yeah. uh but on our way there, you are also pastoring a church now. Yes. Um talk to me a little bit about about that church. Uh, communion Christian Fellowship. First thing I'm going to ask you, why why the name? How did you how did you get the name? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. So, Communion Christian Fellowship. I believe that the American church has lost touch with what communion really even is. Mm-hmm. You know, the early church they didn't have communion. Church was communion. They had a meal. They came together. If anybody had were at odds, they would confess their sins and be reconciled. And any man in the group could stand up and say hey, here's some scripture, here's what the Lord told me. And there was this unity, there was this real community that defined their, their worship time. And so Community Christian Fellowship is, is based on that principle. I'm not trying to create a good-looking church, mm-hmm. a big church. You know, we, we don't need the lights and the electric guitar. If we get that, cool, whatever. I'm mean, right. not against those things. But I'm not even, you know, I'm not advertising. I want the people that come to our church to come because they were authentically touched by by a message they heard or by someone from our church that they met and they were invited. Because when we come together, before the sermon starts, I, I don't say a quick little prayer. I, I break up the people into groups. Really? They share their high point and the low point of the week, and they pray for one another. Mm. And sometimes that's the first time anybody has ever prayed out loud, ever in their life, yeah. right? And so there's a discipleship. We're teaching them to pray. We're teaching them to be open. But they're also experiencing the true love of Jesus through the church, which is what we're supposed to have. Exactly. You know, going to church, hearing a good sermon, and going home and talking to nobody, you've actually missed the whole biblical premise of what a church is, okay? And so I believe, you know, good teaching is important, sound doctrine, all of those things. But I also believe that community with one another is important. Christ died and gave his spirit, his blood, so that we could have communion with God and with one another. And just real quick, Jesus prays in John 17, and his desire is that you and I mm-hmm. and all of the church would be one as he is one with the Father. That's like mind-blowing. Yeah. I don't even know how to do that, but we're at least going to try. <laughs> yeah, but that's, isn't that the picture of the cross? 
Right. You know, you have the horizontal and you have the the vertical. Right. And and in, at church, we should have both of those relationships present and and look for communion. Yes. Not only with God, uh, because I I, I I I tend to think God is easy to love. <laughs> <laughs> right? He people. <laughs> people, on the other hand, you know, is a little bit more challenging. Uh, but we need to have both. Right. You know, and, and the picture of the, of the cross is there. And so well, our, our Father. And, and beyond that, you know, Communion Christian Fellowship, the, the, the hope there is that real discipleship happens. You said, I was, I was saved. I've yeah. been saved since I was four. Right. But my life didn't significantly start to change until I started reading and obeying the Word of God. Right. And most of the people, even though, we, like I said, we've seen hundreds of people come to Christ in Kerrville and about, all, all over the place. But even more than that, what I see the most and what God has used me for the most is pe- bringing people who are already saved, already Christians, into a, a real experience with Jesus and with his commands. It's part of the Great Commission, by the way, mm-hmm. to teach them all of my commands. And suddenly— Not, these, not just make conversions. Right. You, right. you stay short if that's if that's all you're doing. Absolutely, and and when we begin to really read and believe and obey the scriptures, man, things start changing, and we begin to experience God in ways we didn't we didn't even know we were missing it mm-hmm. until we have it, and we start growing, and then we start pouring that out into others just just out of the joy of our heart, and then they start to change and start to grow, and the kingdom is built up. Right, and we're not waiting for the next great evangelist. We're not waiting exactly. for the, the 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 pastor to re- to preach the right sermon. We're just authentically loving people because we're being changed inwardly, and so that process, that discipleship process, is what I'm trying to instill in our relationships and even in the format of the way we do things. You know, and so we're trying to kind of mend it all together into something where you would recognize as, hey, I'm familiar with this. This is church. But also in some some ways, coming to Communion Christian Fellowship, you might leave a wow that was that was new. Yeah. In some ways, uh, that was encouraging. In some ways, and so that's our hope. Excellent. Well, tell me tell me a little bit more about the church. How do I get there? Where is it? Give me addresses. Yeah. Give me information. So uh, shout out to Wayland Baptist University uh, in mm-hmm. Live Oak. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Doctor Anton. In there, we are we are currently meeting inside of Wayland Baptist University in Live Oak, Texas, and that is right off of 1604 and Pat Booker, 8300 Pat Booker Road, Live Oak, Texas. Um, we meet Sundays at 1030, and so you can park in the parking lot, walk right in the front doors, and we'll, we'll be there on the left. There is a security guard to greet you and to help you find anything you need to find there. Um, and so every Sunday at 1030, that's, that's where we're at. It's pretty hard to miss, you know, Wayland Baptist University in Live Oak, Texas. All right. Well, when I get there on Sunday, do I have to wear a three-piece suit? Uh, I was supposed <laughs> I to don't. dress up. I, I don't. Um, you know, I, you can wear whatever you want, man. You All know, right. I'm, I'm pretty predictable, especially back in Kerrville. In the summer, a lot of times I was in shorts and flip-flops. Right. And in the winter, I'm in pants and button-ups. Uh, obviously, when I preach, I try to look half-decent. But, you know... People should come and be comfortable. Yeah, uh, be modest. You know, hopefully at, at, at least. But uh, come, come as you are. Yeah, you know. I asked the pastor that question one time, and he says, "As long as you're dressed." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as you got some clothes on, we're good. If you're not dressed, take care of that issue first. Right uh, now. I want you, uh, Pastor, as as we're as we're uh, winding down. Want you invite the listener to church on Sunday. 
Sure. Um, come to church. <laughs> hey, if you're there and uh, maybe you, you, you have a church that you've gone to on and off, or maybe you've felt detached for the church, you've, you've felt isolated or hurt, I just want you to know we're here to be in a real relationship with you. We want to help you personally. We want to introduce you to our family. We want to be introducing yours. We want to show you how to follow Jesus. We want to bear your burdens with you. And so I invite you to come out, Wayland Baptist University in Live Oak, Texas, 1030 a.m. on Sunday, and, and just read the Word of God with us. Just let us, let us pray over you. I'm going to ask you to pray over me. And uh, let us just invite you into the love of Jesus and maybe rekindle something in your faith. Um, we want to walk this journey with you, and we're not trying to leave anybody behind. So you are welcome, and please come find me. My name is Darren Miller. Um, you can be part of my small group when we do highs and lows this week. All right. That, sound, that sounds good. I, I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of times we're missing something in our, in our walk with the Lord, and I think that it's that engagement with other believers. Amen. Uh, we, we should not stop meeting. And so I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you came on air. And uh, San Antonio, looking for a church this Sunday at 1030 in the morning, uh, Communion Christian Fellowship and Pastor Darren. I hope you can you can make it make it out there at 1030 in the morning at Wayland Baptist Church, 8300 Pat Booker Road. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, just type in there Communion Christian Fellowship. Or you also mentioned another ministry that was on, on, on the Internet. What is that? Right. So Communion Christian Fellowship is a church plant of Faithful Fishers. And so you can go to FaithfulFishers.org, and you can find my contact information and more about that ministry uh, online. Faithful Fishers is Dr. over uh, Communion Christian Fellowship. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, Pastor Darren, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. San Antonio, God bless you, and get to church this Sunday. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.